Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We're your host, Tim and Julie Harris, and we have a fantastic podcast series. We're going to do probably three shows on this particular topic, um, and I want all of you guys to be ready to take great notes. We've been getting a lot of calls and emails, a lot of folks that are agents that are, you know, I'd say some of them, most of them, in panic mode, not knowing what to do about the advent um, of the Zillow instant offers. And we're going to walk you guys through specifically how, first of all, we're going to go through relatively quickly what it is, the history of it, what it means to you, whether you should worry about it or not, all these types of things. So we're going to kind of, you know, grab the low-hanging fruit on the tree first, and then we're going to get into a specific plan and how you can actually compete against Zillow. And by the way, it's not just Zillow, it's a lot of other companies doing the same thing, but how you can actually compete and create your own iBuyer or instant offers type program. Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. It's going to be a fun show, and I think we're going to answer a lot of common questions that we've been getting, uh, both from the podcast listeners, Premier Coaching members, emails to you and I, so I think this is going to be a great series. Now, I, before we get to our first point here, I want to thank the 100,000 about of you who have become regular listeners to our podcast. From what we've been told, this is now the number one listened to podcast for real estate agents um, in the world, perhaps. That's kind of what people are suggesting to us. So for all of you guys who are regular listeners, I want to sincerely thank you for your support. It means a lot to Julie and I. We do this podcast every single day. Uh, we have thousands of shows in reserve. If you guys want to go back or, or you know, replay, if you want to go back and listen to them, they're on iTunes and obviously on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. So for all of you guys who are listening to us for the first time, please make sure you go back and listen to some past uh, podcasts. Uh, we focus on things that are practical, tactical, and uh, positioning you guys to be of service to others and make money. There's not a lot of fluff on these podcasts. It's just really all drilled down and really getting to it, which is how I like to listen to podcasts, and I'm assuming you guys want the information delivered to you the same way. So without any further delay, Julie, let's just jump right in. Let's talk about what is Zillow Instant sure. Offers, what is iBuyers. I'll, get, I'll cover this first point, and you can go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So, guys, Perfect. here's really what it is, and, and here's how I want you to think about this. First of all, um, if you want to, I'll summarize the next three days worth of podcasts for all of you guys uh, who are wondering where we're going with this. And here's the bottom line. You should not fear any sort of evolution in the uh, services that the industry is offering to sellers in particular. If sellers embrace iBuyer or sellers embrace instant offers or open, you know, all these different companies are doing the same thing. If sellers want that, it's not for you as a real estate practitioner to question it. It's you as a real estate practitioner to ask why you're not being competitive and why an outside company is basically coming into our space, our industry, and essentially why we haven't uh, essentially streamlined and offered this service to our sellers. That's where I want all of your mindsets to go. So don't be of a – don't uh, – approach this like it's a threat. 
Don't approach this like it's something that somehow we must uh, commune together and kill off. Those things will never happen. At the end of the day, we live in a market economy, and if sellers tell us they want this product, this type of service, then guess what? It's our job to embrace it, and it's our job to offer it better than the carpetbaggers from outside of our industry. So that's the mindset I want all of you guys to have. But here, And here's the reason why we think that the um, – instant offers, iBuyer-type programs are going to work and how they're going to flourish. And we're going to give you some statistics and some facts on what percent of the sellers out there will probably embrace this. And in addition to that, we're also going to tell you what types of sellers. So take great notes, and then like I said, on, on the next couple of days, we're also then going to lay out specifically how you can create your own iBuyer program, how you can literally market, advertise it, how you can actually line up investors to purchase these properties if you happen to get any leads from this, that type of thing. So here's really the bottom line. The uh, I want you guys to think about CarMax. Everybody knows what CarMax is, right? You can drive into CarMax, any CarMax location anywhere in the country, and with your car, and they'll give you an offer on your on your car. Now it's a wholesale offer, and you know it's a wholesale offer, and I believe they'll keep the offer. You basically have a week or something to take them off from the offer. So in other words, they know that you're probably going to shop that offer. They know you're probably going to take it down to you know the car dealer down the way and compare offers, and they're just fine with that. So that is in essence a consumer behavior that we can observe to know how people are ultimately going to react, sellers are ultimately going to react to having an iBuyer-type program offered to them. We know that they'll explore it. We know that they're going to be interested in it. We know that they, some of them, a certain percent, are actually going to embrace it. And so if you're in the you know, car business, for example, and you're trying to compete with uh, CarMax, here's what you do. And you guys have seen this in your marketplace. I've seen it in uh, Austin, here in Austin. This is what literally around the CarMaxes, there's billboards. And the billboards are almost always advertising uh, by or advertising for a uh, competing car, or, you know, like a used car lot or car dealer or whatever. And the ad, the billboard almost says something to the effect is, of will better CarMax's best offer by 500 bucks, something like that. So that's, for example, of where we suspect that you'll start seeing these types of programs uh, go to in the next probably 12 to 24 months. Um, again, so we know that there are lots of folks out there that could just basically put their car for sale themselves. Millions of people do it every year. You're going to go through the effort of trying to put it for sale. You're going to go and, you know, maybe you'll even hire a car broker. So, like, if you had a car to sell right now, what are your choices? You can basically wholesale it to CarMax or somebody else. You can try to retail it yourself. You can then uh, put it on consignment with a car dealer. Um, most car dealers in most states will consign cars. In other words, you still own the car. They're just going to try to sell it, and they're going to take a commission. It's exactly like the real estate model. You guys with me on this? So if you look at statistics, if you look at the statistics from the automotive industry, which I have, you'll find that most people, what they do, and this is going to be shocking for most of you, but they wholesale their car. They do not try to retail, and they do not try to consign it. They'll just trade it in, or they'll just basically sell it to a, a car dealer and let the car dealer screw around with you know, reconditioning the car, finding a buyer, dealing with the, you know, all that stuff that goes along with selling a car. Now, that is the behavior in the car industry. Is there a, pel a parallel, a potential parallel to the housing industry? It's our premise that there is. Um, and now, how many, what percent of folks will be willing to sell at a discount, well, that's what we're going to talk about. So just first of all, let's just look at this for what it is. It is a proven business model, proven by the automotive industry, that you have to assume will be embraced by homeowners. Don't fight it. Don't question it. Don't torture yourself with it. 
Don't, you know, try to form, uh, you know, don't unionize against it. Just look at it for what it is. The marketplace will embrace this most likely. And if you're not part of offering something very similar to compete, then you're going to look obsolete and you're not going to basically have the opportunities to list houses that agents and brokers and obviously these um, iBuyer type companies. And iBuyer is just, a, I think it's a term that uh, Inman came up with, but the gist of it is I think it's a, it's a novel creative term because it really does kind of, you know, it's a, basically an electronic buyer, right? You put your house up on a website, you get an offer, and then basically you decide whether you're going to exercise on it or not. So, Julie, let's go on to point number two. The point number two really is don't assume that seller's primary concern is net proceeds. It, why is that true? Well, I mean, 90% of sellers will take less net for less hassle and more control over the process. Back to your CarMax analogy, why do people wholesale their cars? Because they just don't want to deal with it. They want to go buy a new car. They don't want to wait. They don't want to market themselves. Could they put it in Craigslist? Sure they could, but they don't want to. So what does it mean to wholesale your car? You're getting a wholesale price in exchange for not having to go back and forth on that and to manage the process yourself. So keep in mind, I think there's two major points. Your first point, Tim, is that acceptance is what you've got to have on this. It's out there. It's not to be argued with. It exists. It's a proven model. So our next point is don't assume that seller's only concern is what they're walking away with. Of course, that's a major concern, but it's not their only concern. And I know that a lot of sellers come to you and say, I'm not going to take one red cent less than whatever. Yeah, well, we all know that's true until they get an offer and take less. Most of you guys, especially our more experienced agents, know that, especially after they've, say, lived through a couple of open houses. Now, of course, they're going to take less. So many of them are going to want to cut straight to that. And we have seen that with the guaranteed sale programs and different iterations of this. So, yeah, 90% of sellers will take less net, probably even more than that, um, in exchange for less hassle and more control. So. Well, that's a, but that's the main thing. Yeah. You guys make the mistake, and it's very easy to make this mistake where you'll start believing that you have uh, your, a seller's primary concern is their net proceeds. And I'm here to tell you that that's rarely the truth. Most sellers, especially after we've had years of appreciation in most markets, not all markets, but in most markets, sellers have uh, a lot of equity in their houses, and they're not that concerned. If you gave them a choice, Mr. Seller, would you like, you know, a fast sale with few showings, you know, basically where you can have control of the process, where you can move effortlessly from one house to the next, even if that means you're going to leave a little money on the table. I know not every seller would say that. Some sellers are going to say, no, I want every last red cent. But most sellers, and by most sellers, guys, I think it's easy to assume that over 50% of all sellers out there will happily take an offer that results in less money where they have a less stressful process. And that's the thing I need you guys to keep in mind is that this is the evolution, the natural evolution, we believe, of the housing industry. And he, what, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in whether or not people want to actually embrace an, op, an option like this to essentially sell at a discount but basically have a different type of experience where in the, their minds it revolves, uh, involves less hassle. You know, it's been proven. Again, I'll use CarMax. I'll keep on, keep on going back to that. There are other examples too, guys. We don't have to just stay in the car industry, but we can go to basically all kinds of different options, and you can realize 
Like, I mean, the way real estate's handled in other parts of the world, where Australia, for example, where you have clients, you have an auction process. That's the normal way of selling a house. You put it for auction. Whereas in the United States, the auction process is just something you maybe do with distressed real estate. Well, auctions have basically an end, end game, right? You have control the day of the auction. You know what's going to happen. The house will sell or that the house won't sell. So there's another, for example, of how the process uh, that we're familiar with in the United States isn't necessarily the only and maybe not even the best process to sell real estate. Have an open mind. Don't be threatened by it. So the next point that we wrote down, guys, and again, it's very important you remember this, that in this market, um, it's been a for a long period of time in many parts of the United States, not every part, but in many parts of the United States, it's been a seller-controlled market. That means that basically the sellers have dominated the negotiating process, and you guys know that that's you know, probably coming to an end. We've seen very clear indications that in every major market, uh, the upper end is definitely flat. Now we're seeing that the essentially the, the price segment lower than the upper end is also leveling off. We have some of the top agents in L.A. as coaching clients, some of the top agents in every market, guys, New York City, everywhere. I know it's not getting widely uh, publicized, but the fact is, is the upper ends died off about two years ago, and now you're starting to see what would have been naturally the move up price ranges in those markets. Those are flatlining as well. It's been going on, uh, and, and really basically it's been starting and stopping, starting and stopping, slowing and speeding up. And those of you who are selling in these markets, you know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what markets do when they're starting to adjust down. They look for basically, they try to level off, then the buyers come back, listings come for sale, that type of thing, the ebb and the flow, and we're not seeing a consistent move up anymore. We're starting to see, if you guys can imagine a chart, we're starting to see the prices coming up and down, and they're slowly migrating down. That's what's happening in that price segment that's just below the luxury price segment. That is, a, and You guys know what's going to happen next. It's going to move on down. In Columbus, Ohio, Julie was just talking with Joe Jackson, um, and he was talking about the fact in Columbus, Ohio, where your average sale price is probably about 225 that they're starting to see a lack of activity in houses that are in the mid-300s. So this means that over time what's going to happen is the sellers are going to become less confident that their houses are going to sell. As that market starts to shift, their mindset about embracing alternatives to retailing the house are going to be open. They're going to definitely be interested in what other programs are out there. Um, and that's, again, if you don't have an iBuyer program sitting waiting for them, you might be left out of the conversation, literally not even get an opportunity to talk with the seller about selling their house. So now this next point we wrote down is, is the, uh, it, uh, in this market, um, the instant offer will appeal to a smaller percent of sellers versus a market where they're less confident of an easy seller-controlled market. Should the industry fight against the instant offer type program? And our premise is no. Why? Then the first point, Julie, we wrote down for that one. Yeah, well, so should we fight it? No. Why is that? Point number one, if owners want to sell this way, the industry has to step up. It's driven by the people who, you know, own the houses. So if that's what they want to do, we have to step up and help them do it. Point number two, the industry should be innovating, not playing catch-up. And we're all part of that, and we can drive that and stop this catching up to, as you said, Tim, the carpetbaggers coming in trying to, to identify what the weakness is and monetize it. Why aren't we doing that as an industry? And point number three is the market shifts. The instant offer programs will be a critical marketing tool to attract sellers. You know, Tim, when you were talking a second ago, here's what I was thinking. How would I use this on, say, a higher-end listing appointment that was in a market where there was lots of competition, long days on the market? Because even though they're taking potentially a lesser price, 
if the average days on the market to sell something like that is six months, what's the value of six months times their five, six, seven thousand dollar a month house payment? They're going to end That's up right. taking that anyway and a lower offer once they've sat on the market for six months. So by accepting well, an up- instant offer, it, maybe they're actually netting more than they than they would if you look at it that way. You're bringing up a very good, very good, you know, point. Really, I mean, assuming they have a loan, they're going to basically be losing uh, interest on the payment every month while the house sits there. And it's, so, our industry, and, and, and look, guys, here's the bottom line. I mean, what kind of sellers are going to do this? And it's our premise. And I realize we're the only ones that are saying this. I realize that everywhere else you read online, everyone's basically saying, sellers aren't going to do this. This is terrible for the industry. It's terrible for appraisals. It's terrible for this. It's terrible for that. This is, what, this is what happens when basically we just don't see it from the consumer's perspective. This is how we lose. If we don't realize that these programs will be embraced by sellers, if we don't realize that this – look, guys, it could be if someone really executes this on a large brokerage scale. I can see a Berkshire Hathaway who, you know, obviously they have some deep pockets. They could roll out a program that completely changed the industry inside six months. Who knows? You guys have to be realizing that this is not an industry. No business is driven ultimately by the industry itself. It's driven by demand. And if someone from the outside of our industry who's not a real estate broker, who's an investor, whatever you guys want to call it, if they can come in here and they can offer something that's more appealing to whom have the folks have the, that we consider to be our customers, we can't bitch about not having those folks be our customers anymore. Somebody else came in and ate our lunch. That's how the industry has to be seeing this. You can't really fight against this type of thing, guys, if the consumers want it. That's the bottom line. Car dealers, well, and they they'll sort to- it out. The consumers will tell you it'll either work or it won't. But, you know, it's worked in the car industry. There's lots of parallels, sales is sales. They've probably already spoken. Now we're just seeing the application of it. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. So, look, what kinds of sellers will do this? And, it's, again, it's our premise, having thought about this, having you know, responded to many panicking emails and talked about this on our podcast before, we think that every seller will at least consider an instant offer program. Because, look, guys, what does it mean? It means no showings. It means no staging. It means no cleaning the house, really. It means no prepping better. for a retail. Yeah, it already sounds better, doesn't it, Joey? It means no retail prep. I mean, you don't have to basically go and fix all the nitpicky things. It means no negotiating. It means no waiting, wondering if the property if the property will close. In California, you guys, you know this is a plague in California. Some of the markets where these contracts are super easy to get, you know, purchase contracts are so super easy for the buyers to cancel on. Some of you guys are plagued with 50% of your deals falling out because the buyer just changes their mind. As the market starts to shift, which it's going to, the increase in contra- uh, contract fails is going to skyrocket. It, and that's going to do nothing but fuel more of these sellers looking for instant offer type options. Look for markets when they start to transition, when they start to shift, when they start to basically be more, uh, I would call, a balanced supply of you know, demand and supply. That's when the instant offer type uh, programs are going to dominate. And what my, if I do have a fear of this, it's for all of you. It's for our agent listeners, our broker listeners. If, my, if I do have a fear, it's that we will not evolve fast enough, and we literally will lose control. It will literally make it so that we no longer have even a seat at the table. Guys, that is going to happen if we don't realize, again, 
that the seller's demands must be met. The seller's demands must be recognized and respected. And if we don't do it, somebody else is. So why else will someone, excuse, uh, uh, I think, embrace an instant offers type program? No waiting, wondering when a property will close. If you guys have sold your own personal properties before, you know what that's like. No worrying that's about right. buyer's ability to close. Yeah, that's right. No worrying about buyer's ability to close or canceling at the 11th hour. No open houses. Choose your closing date. No interruptions in their lives. Smooth, hassle-free transi- uh, transition. I just gave you guys right there in that list. I gave you the exact USPs that these companies are already using. Now, some of you are going to say, Tim, they haven't been very successful in the market they've entered into. Not true. Look what they've done inside Arizona. Look what – I think it's – um. I forget which company, but there was somebody on Inman who did a great job of getting into the MLS and looking at recent sales, looking to see basically what these guys have actually been doing. And they have bought, I think, thousands of homes. So that's a market that's on fire, super hot. Not a lot of inventory and sellers are embracing it. Don't think it's not going to happen in a market near you, if not your market exactly. Every seller, this is the main important thing that you guys need to take away from this. Every seller will want to at least explore this option. If you don't offer an instant offer type program, you will lose. And guys, look, here's the bottom line. Why are you afraid to do this? Why are you afraid of offering a program like this? I know why, because you guys don't know basically how to put it together. And over the next two podcasts, that's what we're going to show you how to do. We're going to walk you through step-by-step how to set the program up. We're going to give you some you know, terms of, and conditions and some contract language. We're going to tell you exactly how to go about marketing this. We're going to tell you how to find investors. We're going to tell you how to position yourself to buy these yourself, be your own investor. We're going to walk you through the math. We're going to get real down and dirty so you guys can understand that this is not something to fear. This is something to embrace. And, and here, I'm going to leave today's podcast, and Julie, I, I, you know, I remember when Julie and I, back when we were selling real estate, now this was forever ago, but I remember we were one of the first, as far as I know, we were the first um, team in central Ohio, okay? Now, that was back in the early 90s. No one knew what a team was. We started hiring assistants. Then what we did back in the early 90s is we were the first ones to offer a guaranteed home sale program. And I remember when Julie and I started putting on our, guarantee, on our signs, um, this, uh, move up to this house and your home is guaranteed to sell. We had different little slogans that we came up with, and we started marketing that. The industry, the local constituency of agents were absolutely livid that we were doing something wrong. They filed complaints. They got in. You know, they tried to basically get our broker to stop doing it. You know, at Remax, they started doing all these things to try to be subversive against us being able to expand. They hated us for doing it. And guess what happened? It worked. Sellers called. They were interested in what the heck is the guaranteed home sale program. They then gave us opportunities to basically meet with them about potentially listing their houses. And what happened as a result? Our first year in business, we sold over 100 houses, and we traditionally sold between 100 and 200 homes for almost 10 years thereafter per year. That's what happens when you're ahead of the market. That's what happens when you're offering sellers what they want to offer. But yeah, guys, of course you're going to have haters that hate on you. You're going to, of course, have the market, uh, you know, your competitors try to basically make it somehow so you can't be uh, competitive against them. That's what the industry appears to be doing against these instant offer types programs. But here's what's going to happen, guys. It's the same predictable pattern anytime there's a new idea that's entered in any sort of situation, a new product, a new way of thinking, a new way of anything. You know, 
what happens is at first people fight against it, and then they go through different stages of denial, and then eventually they accept it. And that's, what our, well, that's what's going to happen. But the problem is the legitimate fear. And I read you guys posting on Inman. I read you guys posting on all these different websites. I read your emails. Again, we have almost 100,000 regular listeners to this podcast. I hear the fear in your voices. That is not the reaction to have. It's too late for fear. Okay. It's too late to react in such a way. You have to now embrace it, and you have to do it better. And that's what we're going to be telling you guys how to do on the next two podcasts. We're going to tell you specifically how to do the lead generation, specifically how to present this to sellers, specific, specifically how to make this so that when you're on a listing presentation, if you're competing, if you're competing against agents that don't offer an instant offers program, how you can not just beat them, but you can annihilate them. We're going to make it so that you have the unfair advantage in the marketplace that these instant offer programs are proving to be. Guys, listen tomorrow. Make sure you're ready to take great notes. If you need us for anything, feel free to email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Remember, guys, if you ever need any help and you need a free coaching call, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And when you do, you're also going to be entitled to receive six of our free books, including the Real Estate Treasure Map. So, guys, just reach out anytime you need us for anything. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.